Hello and welcome to the Country Football Star League Year 25 Postseason Tournament. I am your host, Michael Ethan Kennedy, and this year we're hosting this year's postseason tournament in Swam Tiller, which is in the west region of the Star. Um, so how are we going to kick things off? I'm the other host, John Todd Paul. Um, and Michael, we're going to kick it off by saying we were welcomed by the community of Swam Tiller here in the west region of the Country Football Star. Um, and it's going to be a very exciting year. We've got a lot of great teams and a lot of festive things going on, a lot of postseason tournaments within the tournament. So we're excited to announce all the bracketing and all the seedings and to really get interviews with the coaches and the players and the runner for statistics. It's going to be really exciting. I say we kick it off by starting in District 1, okay? So the number one seed in District 1, sectional North 1A club, Aaronville, a 9-0 overall record and a 9-0 conference record out of the Northern Cliffs Conference. Uh, they're going to be hosting District 1 the entire time. Uh, they are the one seed, and alongside them in District 1 is going to be sectional North 1B team, West Parfer Eagles, the 7-2, 7-2 team out of the Northern Cliffs Conference. Followed by sectional North 1B East Parfer, 6-3-6-3 team out of the Northern Cliffs Conference. In the last team is the sectional North 1B Parkland School. Uh, they are also 6-3-6-3 out of the Northern Cliffs Conference. Okay, so let's get back to Aaronville. Uh, they're the sectional North 1A team, the Aaronville White. Uh, they're 9-0, 9-0, led by their quarterback. Number 13, the senior, um, and their head coach, coach for the Aaronville. He's been coaching Aaronville for, I think, about 13 years now. I got They got rid of their first coach after he won a bunch of trophies, and now they're here with this new quarterback, and he's got he's got quite quite the different look. 19 passing touchdowns, 2,200 yards in the air, and only five interceptions, and he's got 13 touchdowns with over 1,300 yards on the ground this year. What is going to make this team – the District 1 club that broke the mold and went far and set all the different records. I think the big thing for Aaronville this year is they've got to watch out for West Parfer. The West Parfer Eagles, um, led by their quarterback, number 16, the senior quarterback. He's got over 30 passing touchdowns. He leads the conference in passing yards, passing attempts, passing completions, passing percentage, passing touchdowns. Uh, Passing touchdown interception ratio. He's a 30 and 8 quarterback. Um, he's just about 3,000 yards in. Um, and he's had a phenomenal three years on JV. He had a couple snaps last year as a junior on varsity. Now he's really experiencing uh, the varsity level at a 7 and 2 record for his West Parfer Eagles. And I think he has what it takes to get him to the district title. I don't see. Too many teams trying to pull an upset against Aaronville here in District 1, but we have seen the East Parker Bulldogs make it out of sectional and play for the district title. We have seen the Parkland Panthers go to a district. Uh, you know, they've, they've won uh, inside the district before. And we've also seen Aaronville collect a lot of wins and head to the area finals before. So it's all about the coaching. We were able to get an interview with the Aaronville White head coach. This is what he had to say. A lot of teams I've seen this year, um, they're definitely putting the ball on the ground, and uh, what they can't do on the ground, they're doing it in the air. And I've just got a defense that's prepared for it. I've got a couple 
uh, all-conference players. Uh, all of my D-linemen are all-conference. All my linebackers are all-conference. All my secondary that starts are all-conference. So I've got kids that can perform on defense against this uh, bracketing that I've been placed in. So it's about the kids want to get there themselves. Yeah, Aaronville's coaches, right? It's about the players and the quality that they want to perform in. But as we go along in this tournament, you're going to see some of the more complicated teams and more complicated strategies brought by more tougher coaches uh, sought upon being put into the frontal focus of this year's tournament. So we're going to get into that with District 2 as a warm-up. All right, in District 2, sectional West 1B, the Munn Packers out of the Western Peninsula Conference. 8-1 overall and an 8-1 conference record in District 2. They're going to be hosting the entire time um, unless they're knocked out. They have a special law here in District 2 where if the one seed is taken out, whom is the Munn Packers, then it will go to the highest ranked seed. They will host the championship. So the two seed in District 2 is going to be the sectional West 1B club Coastline Sailors out of the Western Peninsula Conference. They're 8-1 and 8-1. And the three seed out of District 2 Sectional West 1B South Coastline Pioneers 8-1-8-1 out of the Western Peninsula Conference. This is going to be something fierce because you've got all these three teams that tied for first place in conference. And then you've got the last team in District 2, the four seed Sectional West 2A Barrington Blacksburg Bears 7-2-7-2 out of the Barrington Area Conference. What's going on here? Barrington Blacksburg, led by their wide receiver, number 11, 6'2", wide receiver kid. He's an all-area, first-team conference, first-team all-area. This guy could be all-country football star tournament, uh, first-team when we're all said and done. This guy's got over 1,300 receiving yards, 14 receiving touchdowns. He's got over 100 catches. This guy's really the real deal. And I don't think nothing... In this district so far is going to stop him. And he's playing in a lighter area. When you look at the rest of his conference, he's probably not going to see them until regionals if they make it out. So, And I think they can, but we're going to have to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be really preparing uh, for both sides. All teams are going to look very sophisticated. But I think as far as District 2 goes, I mean, we usually see the Western Peninsula Conference put on a show with their quarterbacks comboing with the team um, each three of the Western Peninsula conference teams that we've seen um, the other quarterbacks have an offense that's pushed over 35 total touchdowns um, and over 200 um, 2500 total offensive yards minimum so we're looking at something that's going to be really fun to watch and something that's going to be an expenditure for growth everybody's going to learn and mature from this Right in District Three, we've got Sectional West One A Hilton Jets nine and zero nine and zero in the Hilton Metropolitan Area. Then in Sectional West One A, the Hilton RK Hawks six and three six and three out of the Hilton Metropolitan. Uh, sectional West One B, the Kirsten Wildcats six and three and six and three out of the Hilton Metropolitan. This is their third overall postseason appearance in twenty five years. And then we have the Sectional West One B, Hilton Beach. Six and three, six and three out of the Hilton Metropolitan. They already have two conference championships and they have two sectional titles. Um, so whoever's this is really a scrap. This is really like going to a rock concert and seeing 
um, your favorite band perform, and then you're in a mosh pit. This is really the mosh pit of the rich for football, and the winner is going to take home another shiny trophy and get their picture in the Hall of Fame, and it's going to be uh, something everybody's going to enjoy. Had no real standout kids here, but I'm surprised that Hilton Beach isn't at 7-2 or even 8-1. They're running back core. They're fullbacking. Um, the way they transition the ball, 28 rushing touchdowns on the ground between three different running backs. This is going to be a strong season. Um, and I know their leading running backs got 13 um, rushing touchdowns with over 1,300 rushing yards. So this is going to be something fantastic to see. District 3 is going to be a really tough place to play. And I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run. The Hilton Jets already have a national championship. So who knows what happens. Let's take a look at District 4, Sectional West 1A, Barrington. They're 9-0, 9-0 out of the Barrington Area Conference. Then Sectional West 1A, the second seed, Swam Tiller Christian. The Rams are 8-1 and 8-1 out of the Barrington Area Conference. They lost to the Falcons on the last drive um, on their defense. They tied it up at 28, gave up the last touchdown, but they're here to revenge that loss. And... The actual host city for the selection show, um, sectional West 2B Swamp Tiller Cowboys at 6-3 and 6-3 and and out of the Barrington Area Conference. They're the three seed and the last team in District 4. Sectional West 2B Barrington North Bengals at 6-3 and and 6-3 and out of the Barrington Area Conference. All four of these teams in District 4 are going to have to fight for their lives. And as soon as they get out of here, it's going to be the same thing each game until the end. And this is where it gets very difficult. We got an interview with the Barrington head coach, and this is what he had to say. All right, head coach, um, what do you feel about going in this year's tournament, taking on Swam Tiller Christian again, and then you've got Swam Tiller, and then you've got Barrington North, and also Barrington Blacksburg is out there. What do you have to say about that? From what I've seen and the perspectives, uh, I've got a really good kid at wide receiver and another strong young man at quarterback. They've got over, um, they've helped this offense put over 35 touchdowns on the board and you know our goal every year is 40 before this postseason even gets started but the fact that we've got as many numbers as we do and is the fact that we've played as conservative ball as we have I'm not really disappointed in nothing we've done well yeah I mean you're looking at a coach coming in here very confident he's not um lagging he's not fatigued and he knows his players are very focused they've always been that way at Barrington and I don't think anything is going to change um we've seen Barrington go very far this year and it could uh end up with them doing the same thing again in the postseason. Right, in the postseason. Right, talk about the Mac of the North. We're here in District 5, Sectional North 1A, the Northville Tigers, 8-1. and one. The Four City Series team champion, the Northville Tigers out of the Grand North Conference. Um, what do you like about them? Their quarterback, number 12, the senior kid, he's got 38 passing touchdowns this year with 12 interceptions. They're an 8-1 team, and we've seen Northville come in here 9-0 and lose in the first round. We've seen Northville pull off upsets and get sectional titles, and as far as districts and regionals. So this is going to be a very interesting team. We're going to see what happens. I don't expect much out of the rest of their district, but who knows what could happen. All right, yeah, that's... Saying a lot, and then also the two seed in uh, District Five, Sectional North One A Southville Bulldogs at seven and two and seven and two out of the Grand North Conference. Then you've got Sectional North One A, the Eastville Tigers, seven and two, seven and two, Grand North Conference. 
So those three teams pushed out West Town, the West Town Raiders. Um, they're out of this year's tournament, out of the Four City Series Conference rivalry in the Grand North. Um, but they've got the Licit Vikings at 7-2 and 7-2 and of the Grand North Conference. They pulled off a lot of upsets. And what's going on here with Licit? This is Licit's first year in the Country Football Star Tournament and I believe over 22 seasons. So this is something special for the Licit Vikings. And they're led by a very strong quarterback who's got 15 passing touchdowns, 15 rushing touchdowns. And he's not going to go anywhere without a fight. He's got Northville in the opening round. Um, and then you've got Eastville. Um, going on the road to Southville to open up District 5's opening round. But I think that Eastville and Northville are going to meet in the championship. And it's going to end up being Northville. And wherever they go, they go. But they've got to win out. And I believe that they can. They've got the talent. Not only that, I believe that Northville is the strongest team that we've seen so far. Besides Barrington and Swamp Tiller Christian. It's Northville really that's going to take the cake. How about this? District 6. Sectional 1 North A, the Spree Saints, 9-0, 9-0 out of the Central Flats Conference. And they're going to host a very, very difficult sectional. What's going on here? All right, the two seed in this sectional is sectional North 1B, the Hidwell Tigers at 8-1, 8-1 of the Central Flats Conference. Then you've got the sectional North 1A, Manning. Um, this year's Manning team is led by a very talented quarterback, very talented offensive front, and the Manning Mustangs are a 7-2 team out of the Central Flats Conference. They're going to be difficult. Then you've got the section on North 1B, Manning South Rebels, and they're a 6-3 team, 6-3 out of the Central Flats Conference. So you thought that it was just going to be Spree. Um, we're used to seeing Spree and Hittedwell go back and forth for all these different titles. Now you've got Manning and Manning South. Um coming in to play, and this is going to make it a lot more harder. It's not the standard sectional that you used to seeing with Spree, so what happens here, I don't know, but Spree's got a tough quarterback. He's got over 40 passing touchdowns this year with only three interceptions, so we'll really see what happens, but I'm dependent upon Manning pulling this upset, but who knows what could happen. Yeah, when you go about it and you look in the north and you say, who do I want to be for the country football star player of the year. Who am I going to nominate? You always go to Spree. Look at their quarterback. He's always got over 40 passing touchdowns. He's always got a phenomenal roster and coaching staff. So that's no question. My question for Spree is they're going to win sectionals. They're probably going to win districts. Um, but this is such an in-depth tournament this year. I don't know how far they can go in regionals. All right. Now we've got District 7. And let's go over a few things here. This is one of the bigger in-tournament, postseason tournaments that we've got. Um, and it's got all sorts of teams here in two different conferences. So let's go over this right now. So the number one seed in District 7 is the Anandali White Coats. They're 9-0, overall 9-0 in conference out of the Northern Central Conference. And they are using this year the buy one law. So they're going to host... They're going to host the 7th seed and the 7th seed in the 4th seed. So whoever wins between the 7 and the 4 is going to go to pre-dom and play them for a district title. Just flat out. No sectional for pre-dom this year. They're going straight to districts. And if they advance, they're going on to regionals. And regionals, if they go on, they got the whole rest of the star national championship to look forward to. All right. So the 2 seed 
the Rush Bears, 8-1, 8-1 out of the Northern Central Conference. They're going to host a six-seed at home. Um, then you have the three-seed, the Macon Moore Tigers, and they're going to stay at home, and they're going to host a five-seed, and Macon Moore's out of the Central Flats Conference. So the same place that Spree's from, Macon Moore's from. So this is looking pretty shady, looking pretty um, talented. You know, there's a lot of things mixed up. Then you've got the four-seed, the Capitol Mustangs, uh, six and three, six and three out of the Northern Central Conference, and they're going to play the seven. So with the one through four already said, let's see who's these extra teams, these special privileged teams getting to play. Uh, the Roost Tigers, six and three, six and three out of the Northern Central Conference. Then you have Tri-County, uh, six and three, six and three out of the Central Flats Conference. And the seven, Land Flat Chiefs, six and three, six and three out of the Northern Central Conference. Land Flat is going to Capital. Then Tri-County is going to Rush, and Roos is going to make a more. And the winner between Capital and Land Flat is going to Predom. Then the winner between the 3 and the 5 is going to play the 2 and 6. And between the 2 and the 5 and the 3 and the 6, out of those four teams, is going to play the winner between the 1, the 4, and the 7. So that's going to be really impressive, and I can't wait for it to happen. Yeah, another good year for Predom Colts. Uh, their quarterback, he's got 50 total touchdowns. Again, um, 47 on the ground, three passing. He's got over 400 yards passing. He's got over 3,000 yards rushing. Let's see what happens with Predom. They could go all the way to the national championship. They've been to three national titles. Um, they've got a lot of area titles. So let's see what happens. We had seen what happened last season with Predom. They lost to um, Big Super City, St. Paul, uh, the Big Catholic Club in the South. And they're here far, far away from that club in the North. And they play very good football. And this is another year with a 50-plus touchdown quarterback. How do they maintain that? And we're here with the offensive line head coach. Um for the offensive guards and the offensive tackles. Um, and they have a separate center offensive coach, and he's going to explain all of that to us right now. So, Coach, how's it going? I'm doing really good. Um, what we do here at Predom is we have a four-block set, and we have our offensive guards play a four-round uh, system where they go in between four different holes, and they play a three-different zone-blocking system for our quarterback, and our tackles play very safe seven and six passing offensive blocking system so we do a really good job at protecting our quarterback uh, from throwing the ball um, and from running the ball. What do you think is going to be one of the biggest things here at the year 25 country football star tournament? Um, the fact that there have been so many country football star player of the years and so many players that have come out of nowhere and I'm coaching at a system where we've had multiple um, country football star player of the years and we've had um, multiple conference championships and repeat championships. Uh, the thing that I'm worried about is and protective of is that the fact my team can be caught off guard by anyone. Any team can come out here and win. Um, and that's the thing that I love about it the most also. Coach, do you expect to win a national championship this year? Yes. Our team is very prepared. Uh, we've had a very good quarterbacking system. 
Um, we passed all the tests. We've done all the big drills in the academy test, the drug test, the federal tests, the state tests, the regional tests, area tests. We've done all those things, district tests, sectional tests. Um, we've voted. We've done petitions. We've done millages. And we've done a lot of different things for our community uh, so that we can be as successful as we can on the football without worrying um, after the games are done. And, uh, you know, we put, we put our hearts on the field. So we're getting ready to head back, but one more thing is, what is your biggest thing? Like, why do you choose to use the quarterback for running the football instead of passing? Well, the thing is, we run an I-312 offense, and the quarterback really does not have time to run the drilling for, uh, let's say, a blitz or a zone on defense. So what he does is just he uses a protective offensive tackling an offensive guarding um, zone of his own, and as long as he can move in that coordination, he can put the ball down the field. Wow, thanks a lot, Coach. Have a great day. All right, now we're here in District 8, Sectional East 1A, Auricular Lake Eagles, 9-0, 9-0 out of the 7 Scion Alliance. Uh, let's talk about Auricular Lake really quick. They've got two tight ends, one at 6 feet 5, um, and he's got 25 total offensive touchdowns, 2,000 yards receiving and 1,000 yards rushing, and then he's also got a buddy at tight end, a 6'4 tight end kid who's got 500 receiving yards and 600 rushing yards, and he's also got 15 touchdowns. So he's doing a big thing. They're, the the combination of those two are doing a big thing, and the quarterback, he's just been a very conservative kid. He's still got 532 on the ground between him and his other teammates, um, and he's got you know two or three other receivers that have probably got about 150 yards between the three of them with two touchdowns. So What's going on? I mean, they've got the usual rival here at the two-seed sectional East 1A Waggery Lake Ducks, 8-1, um, Sectional East 1C, the Shiloh Ducks, the three-seed, 7-2, both out of the seven Cyan Alliance. Then you've got the sectional East 1C Lake Ton Wildcats coming here, 6-3 and and 5-3 in conference play. So you've got a team with... Uh, non-conference experience in the Big Lake Society Conference. Uh, Lake Ton coming here. Um, they're bound to pull an upset. They've got the opening game, though, on the road at Auricular Lake. What's going to happen here? Well, you've got Lake Ton's quarterback. He's got 19 total touchdowns. Uh, he's also got 12 interceptions. Um, he's over 600 total passing yards. Um, and he's also got 675 rushing yards on his uh, teammates. Um, but he's got a big plate to finish off here. I mean, he's got Auricular Lake in the opening round, and then if he wins that game uh, between, you know, and those those tight ends, they come from a system of, of quarterbacking where they get those tight ends 4,000 offensive total yards by the end of the year. Um, and you look at a lot of the times where Auricular Lake just goes, yeah, we don't need to um, use our team as an expenditure. You know, there's other issues out here in the government. Um and some of these teams are, you know, very heavy cases. So it's going to be a surprise if Lake Ton, you know, putting down its community check is going to come here to Auricular Lake and get the big upset. Well, yeah, and I think that Auricular Lake, their tight end play um, is just a fantastic thing. They've got 12 plays at each tight end position where there are 
where, where when they go out for receiving, they're averaging 18 yards a catch um, in a 16-play set. So you've got a very strong quarterbacking system, um, very smart offensive coordinator system. And the thing about it is these teams aren't going to turn the ball over. You look at Auricula Lake, um, they've got 38 pass and total touchdowns at quarterback, but then they've also got Waggery Lake, their rivalry, and their quarterback's got 32 passing touchdowns with only seven interceptions. And then you look at Shiloh, and their quarterback has 26 passing touchdowns with 15 interceptions. Uh, so you look at Lake Town and you say, yeah, this is a big, big thing to handle. Well, let's look at the playoff point system here. Uh, Auricular Lake, they aren't the tallest team we've met so far. That was pre-dom at 101, 87, 36 uh, at the decimal of three. Um, and Auricular Lake is an 87.7842. Uh, Waggery Lake at 81.7243, and Shiloh is 76.8784, and you're looking at Lake Town at a 62.641. Uh, that's going to be a very difficult number for Lake Town to pull off, but they've got four um, conference total teams here, so you know it could go either way. This is just a big, big thing for them. They've, if they pull off this upset, that could be very historical. Yeah, and I wish them the best of luck. I love upsets, and I love things uh, that happen once in a lifetime, and I love, I'd give my whole life to see it. All right, now we're here in District 9, and we're going to start off with the sectional East 1A, Avidogo Sailors, 9-0, Uh The tournament rating is an 88.8678. They're out of the Big Lake Society Conference. Then you've got the two seed in District 9, Sectional East 1B, the Avidogo North Bulldogs, and they're 8-1, 8-0 and in conference play out of the Muckatel Conference. They're an 81.7977 uh, tournament rating, and their only loss this year was to the Avidogo Sailors in the city rivalry game. So that's a big thing. Avidogo went 2-0 in the rivalry this year, and Avidogo North and Avidogo West did not meet. Avidogo West was definitely trying to uh, sustain a record to make a, a play. You know, if Avidogo North makes it, then Avidogo West and those two teams can meet. But there's no sense in beating up all three of your local teams. And then the four seed is the sectional East 2C, Cat Vern Hornets, 7-2, 6-2, Big Lake Society Conference team. Uh, that was their tournament rating. Um, and what do you see here? I love Avidogo North's running back system. They've got a running back, number 28, the senior, and he's a country football star player of the year nominee. Um, he's an all-conference player. He had this. He had 3,200 rushing yards and 28 touchdowns on JV. Um, so that here, this was his senior year, and he ended this year 29 rushing touchdowns, 2,900 uh, total offensive rushing yards alone. He finished with 3,102 total all-purpose yards and 31 touchdowns. So he's got to take that into consideration before um, thinking that he's going to lose any games. Yeah, well, I like Avidogo's quarterback. He's running a good system, 25 total passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 2,600 total passing offensive yards. And he's also got a very fundamental offensive line. He's going to do really good things for his team. Uh, but I worry about them against Avidogo West in the postseason because the Huskies have pulled off upsets um, in the past. And it could be another year like that. What's going on with the Huskies? Well, you know, the Huskies are running the jet stream and they've collected 25 total offensive touchdowns with the jet stream system using 
four different wide receivers as running backs and wide receivers with the running back and the quarterback. You know, he's got experience throwing the football, and he's got experience giving the football away to players. He's got a lot of talent, and his head coach, we've got an interview with him, and let's see what the head coach says uh, coming up. Coach, what makes you better than the rest of the Avadogo tournament teams? Well, for starters, um, I just use the jet streak, and, you know, I never let it force me to have turnovers or I never take directions from any other of uh, my assistants and I just try and do what I can do to fit the ball in, get as many points as I can. And, you know, Avidogo's a tough team. Avidogo North's a tough team and we enjoy the rivalry. We enjoy the conference play and we enjoy going to the postseason. So we just can continue to consistently be that team that is a feature team from this city so, and this town and community so that we can win the national championship. All right, we're going to District 10, Sectional North 2C, Swift Town, uh, the 9-0, 8-0 in conference, uh, Northern Flats Conference champions. Then you've got the Sectional North 2B, Parsimon Catholic Panthers, 8-1, 7-1, Northern Flatland Conference. Then you've got the Sectional East 2B, Muckatella Rangers, 7-2, 7-1 of the Muckatella Conference. Then you've got Sectional East 1C, the Meter Mean Miners, 6-3, 5-2 of the Muckatella Conference. What's going on here? Well, I think Swift Town can really pull off uh, what they want. They've got a lot of coaching, a lot of money in their community. They've done a lot of uh, marketing, and they're a really found team, and people are going to uh, pay attention to what they're doing offensively and defensively and special teams and the coaching um, and the background of the town and things like that. But I like Parsimon Catholic just because it's more competitive. It's more of the nature of this team to win in an environment like this, but you never know what could happen. Swift Town is very important to a lot of people. Yeah, the Parsimon quarterback, he's got 29 total offensive yards, including 18 um rushing touchdowns and then he's got uh i think it is 10 uh he's got 11 passing touchdowns with only four interceptions so he's gonna be uh one of those big number kids 25 total uh, offensive yard 2500 total offensive yards um and then you look at muckatella only two losses they lost um to meter uh, they lost to they, they lost their non-conference game this year. Uh, they went up and played um, Ainge, and they lost. So it's not going to be a big deal for them to go on the road and use their experience. But I think that when you look at it, Swift Town's going to win the first game against Muckatella. Parsimon Catholic's going to beat Meter Mean. Meter Mean's got a running back that's got 1,600 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns. But... Um, and eight yards to carry, but it's going to be a very, very different thing. But who knows? Meter Mean has also pulled up upsets, and they um, have uh, sectional titles. All these teams have sectional titles. Um, all these teams have played in districts, and um, all these teams have been very competitive. So you never know what can happen. All right, what about let's move along? Um, yeah, let's. what about let's move along? All right, well, we're going to do that. Um, we want to thank, um, so far, everybody who's been listening and, all the different communities in the city and the star, and we really appreciate all the north, the south, the central, the east, and the west, and thanks everybody for listening, and we're going to continue to keep this rocking on. All right, now we're here in District 11, and we're playing, um, this is the Plains Metropolitan Conference. This is the number one 
rated conference in the North area. They don't necessarily have the most championships out of the North, or they don't have the most country football star player of the years out of the North, but they have um, big, big history in this entire league. And let's start here. This is a one through six in tournament tournament and it's the Plains Metropolitan Tournament and it's all going to be played at Fountain Fall and let's see here it's a six day event um, and it's part of the opening round um, of this uh, you know it's a couple couple days here a couple days there um, so it's it starts like this uh, the six seed reach eight and one eight and one uh, out of the Mundelein Conference, and they're going to play Mundelein Catholic, 9-0, 9-0, a 92.3943 rating. Then you've got in Fountain Hills, they're a four seed, and they're going to play Watam. Fountain Hills is 7-2, 7-2, um, Plains Metropolitan Team, 89.8773 rating. Then you've got Watom 6-3, 6-3, Plains Metropolitan Team. Then you've got in uh, the two seed, the Pierside Pirates, 8-1, 8-1, the Plains Metropolitan, 92-93-97 rating. And they're going to play the winner of the 6-3, and three. And then the Fountain Fall Falcons, 9-0-9-0, a 95.9681 rating team is going to play the winner between Fountain Hills and Watom. And then the winner between the one on and the two on in round two will be playing for a uh, regional title. So they automatically send you to regionals. You get your own customized Plains Metropolitan Regional Tournament trophy. This is going to be something big. All these teams are going to be fighting hard. And then as soon as you get out of here, you go to the area semifinals and then to a conference um, or an area finals championship. And then you go to the national championship game. So it's, it's a long road to the final four, but these guys have got to, these guys here know what it takes. Yeah. I mean, besides running into, um, you know, like the Barrington area conference or a school like Predom or auricular Lake, or, you know, you got big beach Catholic coming up. You don't see any other teams consistent in the North persistent um i mean you've got spree out of all the teams i've named so far besides fountain fall in the Pierside rivalry this is a strong rivalry um there have been dreams made and hearts broken love lost marriages made things have um kids made colleges kids miss colleges kids life and death this has been the biggest rivalry on the country football star tournament and this is just something fierce and if those two teams meet at let's say you get a 9-0 fountain fall and all it is they win sectionals and then you get a a 9-1 pier side or you get a 10-0 fountain all and a 9-1 pier side for a district title and then the winner goes to regionals that's going to be something fantastic to see you never know what the committee is going to do with pairing as far as regionals goes we've seen a lot of different pairings and you never know where fountainfall could play they've got a lot of talent and they might even have the game come here and that could mean 
big time chance to play in the championship, the national championship, or the area championship first. Whichever one they're thinking about, because I'm just thinking about Fountain Fall throwing that ball. Let's go over the numbers. Yeah, the Fountain Fall quarterback, he's got 48 passing touchdowns and 12 interceptions, 4,100 passing yards. Um, he doesn't have much else. He's, his, the rest of his team has 325 offensively yards and six touchdowns. Um, defensively, their top players, they've got three kids with 77-plus tackles. Um, the highest one is 83, I believe. And then the rest of the players, you know, there's a system of 30, like a set of 30 and a set of 20. And these guys are really working hard. And Pierside, they've got an offensive unit that's been moving the ball, 36 rushing touchdowns between the tight end, the quarterback, the fullback, and the running back. So um, with 3,500 rushing, uh, 3,500 total offensive yards. So who knows what could happen in District 11. There's so many good teams. Let's look at Fountain Hills. They've got an offense that's put up 3,100 total offensive yards, and their quarterback's got 29 total touchdowns, um, including um, 11 using the option. And then you've got the Watam quarterback, who's got 45 passing touchdowns and 15 interceptions, um, and a running back with 15 rushing touchdowns and 1,200 rushing yards. Watam could sneak up and beat everybody. That's what everyone's thinking. Watam's been really good, and they it fell down this year. I doubt that's happened. Um, but you know, um, I shouldn't doubt and I'm not going to doubt on Watam. They could do a lot of different things. Um, and then you've got reach and they've got a very good quarterback and they're only the sixth seed and their quarterbacks got 49 passing touchdowns and seven interceptions. And they only lost to Mundelein Catholic by one touchdown. Then you've got Mundelein Catholic nine and oh, they've got 38 total offensive rushing touchdowns and 37 total offensive 100 yards. They're a very strong team, and a lot of teams can't compete with teams such as Mundelein, but we'll see what happens here. Any team could win, and like I said, it's going to be a very, very strong competitive game. The pure side defense is going to be the number one thing I'm thinking of because just based on the fact that they're linebackers, they've got two linebackers that have 86 tackles or more. They've got one with 92 tackles. He's got 14 sacks, and the other uh, linebackers got three sacks and um, a lot of uh, big tackles. So they're both all first-team all-conference linebackers. So let's see what happens here. Yeah, this is going to be a very competitive district, and whoever comes out of here is going to very soon make a statement to the entire tournament. All right, so we're here in District 12, um, and we're opening up with the sectional 1A East Hagindi Harvesters 9-0 record, and they're taking on pretty tough conference. Uh, this bracket is featuring 8-1 Jaime Rams out of the same conference, the Central East Conference with Hagindi. Then you've got the Sorensen Eagles at 7-2 out of the Central East Conference. And then you finally have the Indian Panthers out of the South Central. So a Central East Conference of 3 and a South Central Conference of 1 in District 12. Um, have combined for over 40 total offensive yards this year. Then you've got the Sorensen Eagles, and their quarterback has and their quarterback at Sorensen has 32 passing touchdowns and nine interceptions with 3,200 offensive total yards this year. They're seven and two, an 85.843 rating team. Then you've got the four seed, the Adian Panthers, six and three, six and three team out of the Central South Conference, and. 
what's going to happen here. Um, there could be anything that happens. These two teams are going to be very uh, big either way they go. But I like the Jaime Rams. They've always pull off the upsets between these teams. And the Indian Panthers, yeah, they've got a quarterback who's got 20 passing touchdowns, and he's got an offense with 20 other players, you know, between all these different kids. I think seven or six kids he's got 20 touchdowns. So they're really smart, but – it's going to take an upset. I mean, you've got to pull off Sorensen, but they don't open up a Sorensen. They open up on the road to Hagendi. Then if they beat Hagendi, they've got to take on either Jaime or Sorensen, a very tough quarterbacking school and very tough running backing school. And I just don't think defensively they have what he is. They have a, um, their top tackler. has got 55 tackles on the D-line. He's got a 42-tackle kid, and he's got a 41-tackle kid. Uh, at defensive end, who also switches the linebacker, who's got two interceptions. So, you know, if they jump some routes, they could do some things. But we're going to see what Hagindi does to Adian because they look focused to beat Hagindi um, and not lose to Sorensen or Jaime, but to beat themselves if anything happens. All right, now we're in District 13, Sectional East 1A, the Glenforce South Panthers. 9-0 overall, 9-0 conference, 91.9092 rating. Then you've got the sectional East 1B, Glenford Christian Wildcats, 8-1, 8-1, 87-70-70 uh, rating in the tournament and the former national champions. Um, then you've got the sectional East 1B, Sidian Wolverine, 7-2, 7-2, rating. And they are the team that has the most touchdowns in the season, with by a quarterback with 94 and they went to the national championship lost on the last play they still have the system their quarterbacks have always had 45 or more passing touchdowns a year um let's break this down the four seed is the fro ice christian hawks and they've always played tough against the azul uh city teams but they've got something brand new here and they want to flex their muscles first on the road to Glenforce South. I think they can pull off that off at Froyce Christian. Yeah, the same thing here. They're really a tough team, and nobody's going to be able to break in and stop these guys. Nobody's going to be able to stop uh, what they have been doing, and I don't think that anyone's going to be able to take away what's been going on at Glenforce South, except for Froyce Christian because his offensive quarterbacking. He's got 58 passing touchdowns, and one interception he's got nothing to fear except fear itself and he's a very strong smart young man and people are saying he's one of the country full-star player nominees for player of the year so it could happen all right now let's go to district um 13 two seed sectional east 1b the glenford christian wildcats they go to city and their city and comes to them Sidian is going to Glenford Christian. What's going to happen here? Um, well, all the games are played at Glenford Christian, and it's going to break my heart because Sidian's got such a talented system at quarterback, and it could go either way. But I think that Glenford Wildcats' defense is so prepared for Sidian that it it's going to take a lot for Sidian to actually put up maybe 50 points, which is what they're going to need. Um, and the Glenford Christian offense sits on the ball. They average possession is 80 is uh, 81%. So they're not very bad um, against City, and it is a little worse. It's only 78%, but they've got some time to beat these guys. And then Glenford South and Glenford Christian, what a strong rivalry. 
Um, Glenford South does lead the all-time series, but Glenford Christian has the national championship, so Glenford South is out there fighting for something for real. They're not just beating people up, and Glenford Christian is out there defending their nobility. Um, and then you've got Forest Christian trying to make a name for themselves all alone. So who knows what's going to happen here, but um, we've got a lot of talent here. The sectional Central 2C, Peeler North, Panthers, and what's going to happen here? Midland Heights, Peeler City meet for the title uh, for sectional. Then that's going to be it. I mean, I don't think these teams are going to fight very well this year in the postseason, but Midland Heights, they've always had a strong defense. They've, they've got another linebacker who's got over 100 tackles this year, 113 tackles, 16 sacks. Four interceptions, seven forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries. He's got a lot to prove, and he's proven it. All right, and Peeler City, their quarterback, he's only got 40 total touchdowns for one reason, to win the national championship. Um, so he's got a lot to prove against this linebacker, and it's going to be a nice show. Yeah, and we've got to wait to see. They've got to pull off. They've got to hold against Midland and Peeler North. Who knows? Who knows, but I like him. I like both these teams to meet, and I like Midland. Uh, quarterbacking, you know, he's got uh, 20, he's got over 20 offensive touchdowns, um, and he's got, you know, 16 total touchdowns on the ground with his system, but he's got to beat Midland Heights, and he just has not focused in and beat Midland Heights, and he's played JV, and he's played um, freshman, and he's only beaten Midland Heights none of the time and this is his last time to play and and he can have that full 05 rot or he can win yeah i like peeler city beating peeler north meeting midland heights peeler north quarterback i mean he's not really found in it i mean he's got 16 total offensive yards and his rest of his team's got 18 total touchdowns but they're not really in it as far as peeler city's being in it as far as being stronger and more prepared yeah I agree. Tenfold, yes. All right, now you've got District 15, Sectional East 1A, Azul City Catholic, um, and they're playing the Azul City Catholic Wildcats out of the Lab Prefit affiliation, and they're playing the um, Berg Pirates out of the same name conference. 6-3 and three versus a 9-0, and an 82 versus a 79. What's happening here? 82.8448 and 81.4127. Uh, I mean, the 79.771. Um, it's going to be a tough game. And I don't see too many teams losing out, but I don't see too many teams uh, missing. But I could see that um, Azul City Catholic wins this year. Bay, uh, be Azul Bay Catholic, they play Odo. Now, Odo, they've got two tacklers with 80-plus tackles. And they've got a running back with 26 rushing touchdowns. Who knows what the Odo Buckeyes could do. I'm fearful for Azul City Catholic, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, same here. It's going to be too tough in the Berg. Pirates, they put the ball on the ground, but Odo's going to stop that if they meet them. And Azul Bay Catholic's got the first rushing system with 30 touchdowns that uh, Odo's meeting besides Big Beach. So we'll see what happens. Now you've got District 16, the last North Area team, Big Beach Catholic, and the Big Beach Catholic Cougars are playing the figure Razorbacks, the 9-0 um, Cougars, 
are hosting the six and three Razorbacks. Then you've got the eight and one Big Beach South Sailors, and they're no the Big Beach South Packing Sailors. There you go, the Big Beach South Packing Sailors, and they're taking on the Big Beach Sailors six and three versus eight and one. And you've got Big Beach South and Big Beach Catholic. Yeah. Because both these teams are over 40 rushing touchdowns offensively, and both these teams know what they're doing with the football, and both these teams have a defense that gets interceptions. Both these teams lead our number one and number two in the whole country football star in interceptions. This has happened for the seventh year in school history, um, and they've got a lot of work to prove if they want to continue it to happen, and it's got to happen by one of those two teams meeting in the championship. And one of those two teams winning, neither one of these teams should be upset. Figures, yeah, they got two running backs with 16-plus rushing touchdowns. Um, then you've got a quarterback at Big Beach with 25 total touchdowns, but he's not going to mess up and um, pull an injury messing around with Big Beach South. But he said he wants to do that because he wants to win. And I just disagree with it because – it's not what you're supposed to be doing as somebody who's here playing sports. Let's hear him on the interview again. You realize that Big Beach South totally historically, they've injured 13 kids for their season dash career. And six times that that happened, it was a sophomore or a freshman. Those things have occurred, but it, I'm more focused on winning and continuing to win. Um, people always have talked about this and that, but I've been, I'm the first quarterback to beat Big Beat South on junior varsity in eight years, and I'm really ready to prove those things right now. Those things are about to happen in the first round. That's going to be a big, big place. Uh, District 16, Big Beat South, and... Now you've got District 17, the first South uh, District sectional, South 1A, the Light on Capital Spartans. They're 9-0, 9-0, 98.9791 rating, and they're hosting the 6-3 Grandtown Huskies, and this is what you usually see for the sectional title first round game. What's going on here? Grandtown's really um, young team. They've got 16 seniors. All of them start. Then they've got like transfer seniors. Um, so it's it's going to be something else. But I think that Light on Capital should win this. They won earlier this year, 27 nothing. It's going to be the same way. What about Perryville and Doget? Also, both teams sectional South 1A teams. Uh, 90 plus rating teams, both of them. What's going to happen here? Perryville's hosting it, 8-1, 8-1. Doget, 6-3, 6-3. Doget's got a tough defense. They've got a running back with 26 total touchdowns, and they've got a linebacker who's got over 100 tackles, um, 116 tackles, and 26 sacks. But besides all that, I don't think that he's going to be someone that can go out and beat Light on Capital, but Perryville, it's very possible he can pull the upset. We're going to see what happens here. I like Light on Capital's quarterback. He's got 56 total passing yards, or 66. 
We're, I'm sorry, this just baffles me because he's so talented. Let's start all over. He has 56 passing total touchdowns, and no one's going to be able to stop this guy. Yeah, he's really strong, and no one's going to be able to stop him, and everybody's listening to how people have criticized what he does, but he spends the ball out. He's got five receivers with 10 touchdowns receiving. He's very talented, and no one's going to be able to stop his 72 total offensive touchdown team. Yeah, no one so far, but let's see what happens as we venture down in the south. All right, now in District 18, sectional South 1A, the Milltown Tar Heels, 8-1-8-1. They only lost the light on Capital this year, but they've got a sectional where they can operate. What's going on here? The two seed, the Hillop um, Mountaineers are 9-0, 9-0, 86 rating, but Milltown's 98-17-18 rating. And then you've got the sectional South 1B White. Land Tigers 6 and 3, 6 and 3, and then you've got the sectional South 1A Mortorian Tigers at 8 and 1, 8 and 1. And then you've got in Milltown, their running backs got over 30 rushing touchdowns. The quarterbacks got 10 plus passing touchdowns. Then you've got Hillop, Whiteland, and Mortorian all fighting out. The Hillop quarterbacks got over 50 passing touchdowns, and he has no interceptions. And this is the 16th tournament where Hillop is entering with a quarterback that has no interceptions. So let's we'll be excited to see. They've retired 14 quarterbacks with no interceptions. Um, so we'll see what happens here in the Whiteland team. They've got 40 plus total offensive touchdowns. Motorian, they have um, a lot of experience, only one loss. Uh, they've got something to fight for out of the Matorian affiliation and the remaining FR Richard Andrews clubs um, in Lydon Capital, Perryville, Dogat, Grantown, Milltown, Whiteland, the remaining FR Richard, DW Walters, Andrew Conference teams. And we're going to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be something that you're going to only see once and you're going to remember it forever. when not to do bad things with it um, and do what's right to win. Yeah, I like Sandrine Hills, though. Their quarterback, he's got 40 total right so that you don't lose the game for your team on the road against this big opponent. Yeah, Sandrine Hills has the national championship. We're going to see what happens. Um, hopefully, Kevin Shore can pull that upset. That would be really neat for them to play someone in the south of the Peak Southwest and get that home vibe for that conference championship uh, upset yeah pull off beat the conference champion or you know beat the conference champion in the one or beat the one in the three that's going to be a big big year for them next is gold beach pirates eight and one eight and one out of the p southwest playing the sand bay jackrabbits at home uh in the opening round um what do you like about here i like how the running back for gold beach has 28 rushing total touchdowns and 2700 rushing yards in the jack bay um, the Jack Bay, Sand Bay Jackrabbits, as they call it, um, have 31 total offensive yards, uh, 3,100 total offensive yards, and over 40 touchdowns himself. So it's going to be a good back and forth match between Gold Beach and Sand Bay in the opening round. And 
whoever wins that game is going to be very prepared to play Sandern Hills. And Sandern Hills, if they lose to Cavern Shore, Cavern Shore is riding a tall um, banister until they fall. Yeah, I agree. And Sam Bay, they're going to put the ball in the air. It's going to end up in Goldby Chans. Sandern Hills not going to fumble. 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 Sandern Hills not going to lose the national championship. Sandern Hills is going to win the national championship. Yeah, they could do it. They're a good team. Yeah, I agree. Sandern Hills, they're the best team we've seen so far out of all the teams in the South. All right, now let's go to sectional 20. The Northfield Falcons, 9-0, 9-0, a 108-71 uh, the 108-1770 rating team. Then you've got the sectional 1B Green City Bulldogs, 8-1, They've got a 91.9812 rating. Then you've got the sectional 1A Sandoven Trojans, 72-72, 70, uh, 97.1210 rating. And then you've got the sectional 1B Gate Boyd Panthers, 72-72. Gate Boyd's quarterback, 48 total offensive touchdowns this year he's the best player out of this sectional by far yeah the Northfield quarterback always here but he's only got uh, 35 passing touchdowns 13 interceptions Green City's quarterback he's got 42 touchdowns passing and eight interceptions but Gateboy's quarterback has eight has 48 total offensive touchdowns and only eight total turnovers so he's riding a bigger number and then you've got to look at the Sandoven Trojans out of the Peak Southwest Conference, out of playing in-conference foes for the first time in a very long time, and they've got the chance to beat Green City on the road and then play Northfield or Gate Void and really prove that they can be that representative of a national championship in that tough road, that tough slate that they have to go through. Yeah, I agree. It could do big numbers for Sandoven to win. Uh, for them to be playing so far north in the Peak Southwest and then to be blessed to play out of it. It's a one-time experience, and I hope these players really enjoy the road trip, and hopefully they can bring a trophy back home. All right, now you've got the Sectional 21, Sectional 1A, Central City Catholic Marina, 9-0, and they have seven national championships. They're hosting the Huntley Rebels out of the Southeast Conference. Both teams are out of the Southeast Conference, um, as was Northfield Green City in Gate Void. Um, and then you've got Central City hosting Eastern Fields. Uh, Central City's 8-1, 8-1 conference. And then Eastern Fields, a three-seed, 7-2, 7-2, both out of the Southeast Conference. Uh, Central City's going to win their first game, a lot of people are saying. But I like Huntley's quarterbacking and running backing system. They are very well coached. And who knows what could happen. They could pull an upset. Uh, then you've got Central City, uh, their quarterbacking system, another 26 passing touchdown year for a quarterback at Central City. Eastern Fields, their running back and quarterback system's pretty good. They've got 38 combined. Um, then you've got Central City, 40 total touchdowns. Uh, so either way, you know, it's not really a show-off who's got the best player, but who's got the best team and who's got the best strategy. Um, and this is going to be a very fair and fun game to watch in sectional 21. Now you've got sectional 22, sectional 1B East, Bing Treban, 9-0. Sectional 1B East, Bing Treban North at 8-1. Sectional 1C South, the Revere Huskies, 9-0, 8-0 in conference. Um, then the Sectional 1B South, Plainfield Trojans, 9-0, 9-0 in conference. We've seen the past tournaments. 
probably up to 16 different brackets where there was nothing but undefeated teams. Um, or at least one. This year we don't have as many undefeated teams, but this bracket has three, and it's in sectional 22. Who's going to win out here? I like the Revere Huskies. They've, they've been to regionals, um, I think, twice in school history, but they've won sectionals. I know they've won at least one sectional, one or two sectionals um, in school history. And then Bing Treban, they always win sectionals, but who knows? They're not as uh, hasty uh, to, you know, spend their money somewhere else. And they've got Plainfield, uh, who's a newer team, but they've got conference championships. Uh, they've got a lot of them. They've got, I think, three so far in five years, three or four in five years. Um, so... Who knows? And being treatment, they're always well experienced and they know what to do. We've got in sectional 23, 1C South St. Paul, the three-time national championships. Uh, they're they're the current national champion, 9-0, 8-0 conference play, 91.729 rating. You've got the sectional 1A South St. John Tigers in 171, 90.9204 rating. Then you've got the sectional 1C South St. Peter team, uh, the Seven two six two eight one seven one 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 rating. Then you've got Zeranon Wildcat seven two seven two out of the Mortorian affiliation, getting a lucky break getting in this conference because they were the wild card, the number one wild card team. They got in, and they're not going to be playing any games. They've got a lot of time on their hands. Um, they're seventy nine point eighty rating with a thirteen finish. So, who knows? Again, sectional twenty. 1 through 23. They're not about star players. They're about teamwork. Um, and it might put you to sleep, but that's what it's really about. And these players are really going to be working hard to win a national championship for their communities. Now we're in sectional 24. Sectional South 1A, President Hill, Washington, 9-0. Uh, 9-0. 102.473 tournament rating. Then you've got sectional South 1A, President Hill, Adams, 8-1, 8-1, 7-8. Uh, 97.0799 rating. Then you've got sectional West 1B, Forest Village, 8181, 80.0070 rating. Then you've got sectional West 1C, White Town Jets, 6-3, rating. That was the 1 through 4 seed. President Hill, Washington, President Hill, Adams. They're going to take three, but Forest Village and White Town pulled upsets this year in the conference, and they deserve recognition. Yeah, thanks, guys, for really doing what you can do. They both have quarterbacks with 20-plus passing touchdowns. Uh, they both have very fundamental defenses, and they're looking forward to playing these two tough teams. Um, and who knows, they could take it back to the forest and win for, you know, for Central. Yeah, who knows. But um, Forest Central was really young this year. They really were focused on their freshmen, putting them on varsity. Now they're bringing them back, playing them as sophomores. Then they're going to play them as juniors and then seniors. And it's going to be completely different forced. Yeah, I agree. I like President Hill, Washington, and President Hill Adams meeting in this sectionals title game just because the fact that they're both quarterbacks are over 35-plus total offensive touchdowns this year. Uh, no disrespect to um, the Gaming Force Association Conference teams, but the President Hill Association teams are very, very talented, and they're not getting ready to lose to anyone. Yeah, I don't think so. They're going to... You know, and it's only two teams that make it out of that place. They're so strict. Um, and they've got so many teams. Uh, well, I'm not going to say two, but this year they put in, um, I think, four. Four teams out of the entire President Hill Association. 
Um, and it's not going to be something that they're going to be looking forward to doing every year. They put out five. Okay, so five teams. All right, now we've talked about it. I don't think this is about standout kids. I think this is about team one. Then the sectional south one seed. One seed, the White Lane Protestant um, Raiders. And they're in here for the second time in school history at... Uh, eight and one, eight and one, and then you've got the Kettery Wildcats at eight and one, eight and one, and then you've got the Green City Christian, um, Green City Ch Christian Chiefs at seven and two and seven and two, and I think Greentown Christian Bulls are going to win it. They missed out the last two years, I think two or three years in a row, but they've got a lot of talent on their team and they can really win. Yeah, I agree. All right, now. We're going to head over to sectional 26, sectional West 1A, the Goldia, the John T. Goldia Golden Eagles, 9-0, 9-0. They're playing the sectional, their sectional West 1A team. Then they've got the sectional South 1C, Kedit Central um, Bears, and the Bears are 9-0, 9-0. They've got the sectional West 1A, the Go Hill Capital Rams are 9-0, 9-0. They've got the sectional West 1C, Signal House Musketeers. At eight and eight, one and eight and one, I like Goldia. He's gonna take. He's gonna take a lot of the south. He's gonna see sectional twenty four. He's probably gonna see um, um, Central City Catholic before anybody. And he's probably. He's not gonna. If he pulls off Central City Catholic, he's got a shootout, and he's a show off. Fifty plus touchdowns this year. He's a show off, and. He might not make it, but we're supporting him. Goat Hill Capitals running back. He's got 38 total touchdowns. Cut at Central's offense has put over 44 total touchdowns. Um, so who knows who's going to come out of here. But, again, it's, you know, you've got to start going John T. Goldie's team, a country football star, player of the year nominee. So we'll see what happens. All right, now you've got in. The last sectional, sectional 27, sectional south 1C, the West Green Up Wildcats, 8 1, 8 1, 84 96 rating. Then you've got the sectional south 1C, um, the Tolber Bears at 8 1, 8 1. Then you've got the sectional south 1C, Clearpoint Mustangs at 8 1, 8 1. And you've got the sectional south 1C, Calval Cougars at 7 2, 7 2. And I like West Greenup and Calville. They've got a nice shootout, but Clearpoint, they've got a strong defense, a strong offense. They don't turn the ball over. They hit really hard, and everybody remembers playing Clearpoint. Um, now, let's look at Clearpoint's problem. They've got an 85.7670 rating. If they win this sectional, they got to play John T. Goldia's Golden Eagles, who have a 1-8-8-7-8-8 rating. So it's going to be very, very serious. I mean, they could run into President Hill Washington, who's got a 90 seven match within their sectional and you don't have a over an 85 in yours um so who knows what could happen yeah but i like west green up to win this they've always been focused young men and they're always going to be focused boys and they play for the girls and they play for their parents and play for the community and i like west green up's ideas playing but who knows it could go either way clear point hits hard West Greenup and Clearpoint are playing the first round, so who knows what's going to happen here. Yeah, and I like Calvo to beat Tolbert, just because Calvo, they got the professional look. 